This is Jim Wallace for the soul of the nation. White nationalism, white supremacy, white power. These are words that white people, particularly white Christians, don't like to talk about, don't like to see and hear, want to put in the past, or want to dismiss as applying to only a few white people, and refuse to see as systemic, structural, or still deeply embedded in our American history and national culture. Certainly then, we white people often don't want to acknowledge that these combined forces are now the greatest terrorist threat to America's safety. Did you hear me? These forces, this white terrorism is now the greatest threat to America's safety and the greatest political threat to genuine democracy around the world. Let's unpack that a bit. This is the heart of our problem from Oklahoma City to Charleston to Charlottesville to Pittsburgh's Tree of Life Synagogue and now to Christchurch, New Zealand to Norway and other places in Europe, white nationalism and the white supremacy underneath it is a movement and a growing one. Now, white power, as we know historically, has killed untold numbers of people and is still killing people today. It's the most rising terrorist threat right now. These are white people who believe that their exclusive power and superiority is being taken away by the growth of more inclusive democracy. The New Zealand white power killer, a 28-year-old white Australian man, murdered 50 Muslims while they were worshiping and injured 50 more in two deadly mosque shootings the deadliest event of its kind in New Zealand's history. The shooter cited as inspiration Dylan Roof, the young white American man who murdered nine African-American Christians while they were studying the Bible at Mother Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church, Mother Emanuel AME, in Charleston, South Carolina, after they invited the stranger into their Bible study. White power terrorist killings are on the rise in America and around the world, and our leaders are not showing any intent to address them. Here are some numbers. The Anti-Defamation League reports that in the United States, right-wing extremists collectively have been responsible for more than 70%. 70% of the 427 extremist-related killings over the past 10 years. Significantly, Donald Trump was cited by the New Zealand killer. He called him a symbol of renewed white identity and common purpose. In response to that, Trump was asked if he thought that the white nationalists were a growing threat around the world. Donald Trump replied, I don't really. I think it's a small group of people that have very, very serious problems. It's certainly a terrible thing. Clearly, Donald Trump is seeking to minimize the terrorist threat 
of white nationalism in America and around the world. Now, let's be clear. I have heard nobody say that Donald Trump is personally responsible for the New Zealand tragedy. I've heard no one say that. But as many on all sides of politics have pointed out, words do have meaning. And politicians, especially presidents, must be held accountable for their words and their rhetoric, as it has such an impact on other people's thinking and behavior. Donald Trump has now proved his identification with white nationalism, from his demonizing of immigrants to making his anti-immigrant lies the central message of his midterm election strategy, to deciding to make his symbolic wall the heart of his vision and legacy, to his anti-Muslim ban, to his expressed hostility and falsehoods toward the Muslim religion, and to beginning his political career with championing the racialized birther movement seeking to undermine the citizenship and the credibility of Barack Obama, the first black president. The evidence is in. Donald Trump is promoting and running on white nationalism. In contrast to Trump's anti-Muslim and anti-immigrant rhetoric and policies, former president George W. Bush spoke just this week in defense of immigration and its role in making the United States the nation it is today. At an immigration swearing-in ceremony, he said this, Amid all the complications of policy, we must never forget, no, we may, amid all the complications of policy, may we never forget that immigration is a blessing and a strength. So, too, immediately after the horrific 9-11 attack, in a speech titled, Islam is Peace, President Bush had the courage to defend both Islam and the dignity of Muslim Americans, saying this, America counts millions of Muslims among our citizens, and Muslims make an incredibly valuable contribution to our country. Those who feel like they can intimidate, those who feel like they can intimidate our fellow citizens, those who feel like they can intimidate our fellow citizens to take out their anger, don't represent the best of America. They represent the worst of humankind, and they should be ashamed of that kind of behavior. Listen to the difference between the words of two, indeed, Republican presidents. Our current leaders should take note whether Donald Trump deeply believes in white supremacy or anything other than himself is a question about his soul that I won't try to answer. But it is absolutely clear now, if it wasn't to some before the election of 2016, that he, Donald Trump, is the most visible and powerful political leader of white nationalism, white supremacy, and white power in the world today. And his top allies and aides like Steve Bannon and Steve Miller, who's still in the White House, and many others are all further documentation of this. So, in a spirit 
of Christian love and accountability. We must tell all Christians who still publicly or privately support President Trump, your support can no longer be justified by his appointment of federal judges that you prefer. Your support can no longer be justified by his change of mind and politically convenient alliance with your Christian opposition to abortion. It is not justified by his alliance with you against same-sex marriage. It is not justified by his strong advocacy of religious liberty for Christians, but not for Muslims. In fact, that is explicit hypocrisy. And it is certainly not justified by Donald Trump's tax policies that make the richest people in America even richer. You can no longer look away from his consistent, amoral, personal, and public behavior. I believe that means that this Faustian bargain for power undertaken by the white evangelical religious right must be exposed and opposed on the basis of Donald Trump's support for white nationalism, which is in direct disobedience to the reconciling gospel and person of Jesus Christ. Even some political and media leaders, both Republican and Democrat, are now saying that Donald Trump's life and behavior is in direct contrast to the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, and Matthew 25, which says we are instructed to take care of the least of these, the most vulnerable. So I'm asking why the white evangelical leaders of the religious right haven't drawn a moral line in the sand on the racial idolatry of white nationalism and supremacy that is directly and distinctively anti-Christ. That's what I'm saying. It's white nationalism and white supremacy is anti-Christ. But they haven't drawn a moral line in the sand on that issue, and the white supremacy underneath it sends a clear signal to people of color around the world in the body of Christ as to what is a political deal-breaker for white, evangelical, American Christians, and what is not. Donald Trump. Donald Trump is an evangelist of white nationalism and white supremacy, and therefore his message must be rejected on the grounds of faith by responsible Christians around the world and here in the U.S. And the bargain for power made by the white evangelical leaders who unquestioningly support Donald Trump must become a debate within the American church. The integrity of our commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ is clearly now at stake. This is Jim Wallace for the Soul of the Nation.